Welcome again to another program of Journeys in Grace. This is Pastor Eric Hubbard here today to share the Word of God with you as we take another journey, more steps down the pathway. And today we're going to talk about passions of grace, and particularly Christ's passion, his desire. Uh, I looked up the Webster Dictionary, of, in Webster Dictionary, of, of definition for passion. It's a violent desire, or I would call it an aggressive desire. Uh, that's my definition. And as we go into the words today, I want you to think about what Jesus went through, what he was willing to suffer, what God, what God was willing to to do to get love and and the and the relationship restored wholly back with man. Holy, I mean W H O L L Y. Holy, I mean God to make man complete again. As I talked earlier in an earlier lesson, when, the, when Jesus was born, the angel pronounced and, and, and spoke about the goodwill toward men, how that God again was going to build this relationship between God and man through his son. But this could only be accomplished through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you go back, uh, we, the scripture says that God in open Isaiah, he speaks the end from the beginning. And so if we go to the book of Revelation, and, 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 and I'm going to give you the verse of scripture that you can read this at some other time. It's Revelation 13, 8. And it talks about the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Before the world was, God knew that man would fail. But he had such a love for man. For I believe where the love, love given desires love to be returned. And this was and is and continues shall be our God. For the scripture says over in, uh, in, in the book of 1 John that God is love. And his love is so passionate, so, 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 he has such a desire for man that he sent his son. I'm saying this again. He sent his son so that we could have relationship with him, so that we could walk and talk and fellowship with him. But you can remember, as we read in the book of Genesis, how that Adam and Eve, in the cool of the day, was fellowship with the word. They were fellowshipping with Jesus each and every evening as, and to tell him about all the things that they saw and whatever they experienced in that day. They had a, they had a relationship with him. And anytime you have a relationship with someone, that means that you have spent time with them. Whether it's husband and wife or, or, or fiancés or whatever that, uh, the status of that relationship may be. That relationship, any friend that you will ever have, someone that's a friend over time, that's someone who has been with you, experienced the good, the bad, and the ugly, and yet they are willing to stay with you because they have they, they decided to invest in you. In, anytime you spend any length of time with a person, you are investing time. For time is the one commodity on the earth that when you spend it, you cannot get it back. You can spend money in the, in, the, uh, in the stock market. You can put money in a car. You can, you can sell a car. You can sell stock. You can put money in the bank, and you respect the return. But when you spend time, it's the most valuable asset in the entire universe because you cannot get it back. You cannot get time back. And this is what we are doing today. We are spending every day. We are allotted so many seconds and minutes every day. We're, out, we're, we're given 24 hours a day. But once that 24 hours is used up, you can never, ever get that time back. The scripture talks about redeeming time. 
And God allowing us to, uh, 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 as he can take our past and wipe away those, those, wipe away the ugly and bring us up to a point. But only God can restore. But as far as man is concerned, none of us have the power to go back into yesterday. But the father says, he says to, says to us in our relationship with him, he says, forgetting those things which are behind and pressing toward those which are before. Because we cannot redo our yesterdays. You cannot uh, uh, go back and rewind and stop the, stop the movie and rewind and then fast forward a, a past the bad part to get to the good part. But all of us have an allotted time. And Christ, in eternity, outside of eternity rather, looking down in the time, and the Father saying, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And after he, before he does this, he tells the Son, you have got to go and redeem man. But because of his so much of his love, wanting to be, have relationship with a, with a, with a free-willed man, God could have made us uh, computers. He could have made us robots so that we automatically loved him. So that we wouldn't have a mind. But we are just like God. With the ability to love, to hate, to achieve, to uh, create. We're given all of those abilities by the hand of the almighty God. But in his, in his, in his, in his wisdom, in his knowledge, he's saying, I want man to have the ability to fellowship equally with me. And when Adam broke that uh, fellowship, Christ was the only one that could reconcile and bring us back into a place to where we were equal with God. Meaning, his blood was spilled for us. And now, the scripture says, we can boldly go and come before the throne of grace. Why? Because we come through the mediator, through the man, Christ Jesus. So now as we progress on, let's go back to, and, 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 and start this story anew. And uh, start this lesson today talking about the passion of Christ. After Jesus was, was uh, we're going to start in, in Acts 1 and 3. It says, to whom also he showed himself alive. This is after Jesus had, had died. He had been resurrected. And now we're going to see, he, he, talking, to the, uh, talking to his disciples and those who had followed him. And he began to tell them uh, uh, about things that were to come. He says, Acts 1, 3, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, his his, his, his aggression, that love that he had that could not be turned away. He had a mission, and he knew he had to fulfill it. Therefore, he would let nobody, even when he was progressing toward the cross, and he told the disciples time and time again, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be uh, uh, criticized. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be nailed to a, a tree. And three days later, I am going to rise again. And it says in that third verse, to whom he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them for 40 days, and speaking of those things pertaining to what? The kingdom of God. And he told them what the kingdom was. See, the Jews in those days were looking for a time when Israel would again have, a, have their own king, have their own nation, and that they would rid themselves of the Romans. But they didn't understand the kingdom that Jesus was talking about was the kingdom of God that's within us. He told them, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is in with all of us. And that, that kingdom, which is talked about in Romans 14, it says the, the kingdom of God is not uh, meat and drink, but is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. This is what God desired to build within us 
as we grow in the word and we take the word of God into us, the kingdom of God begin to expand and grow in us. And as that word begin to expand, expand and grow and begin to manifest itself, then men can see our good works and then they can glorify God, which is in heaven. Luke 40, uh, 941 begins to talk more about this. It says, it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now I'm, 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 going, I'm telling this story backwards. We, we teach, in Acts 1 and 3, Jesus had already resurrected. But now as he began his path to the cross, he, began, he set his face. Meaning that he, he, he says to himself, now my time is here. Now I've got to stay on assignment. I cannot let anybody, I cannot let no one stop me from going and accomplishing my mission. For my mission is that I must go to the cross. To read, and, and why? Because only through the shedding of blood can there be remissions of sin. And now Jesus is saying, my mission is to go. Remember the story back over in Luke, in the latter part of, of the book of Luke, as Jesus began to tell them about his mission. And Peter said, no, Lord, these things shall not come on you. After Jesus had said in, 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 in a few days, I'm going to be uh, captured, in prison, beaten, crucified. And Peter said, no, Lord, not you. And Jesus turned around and looked at him and said, Satan, get behind me. Why did he tell him that? Because he was interrupting his assignment. His assignment was to die because his love for us, his passion, because he realized, I am close now. My time is at hand. All of us, every, every uh, soul, every person that's born on this earth has an assignment. Whether you keep it or not, you have an assignment upon you. And you'll never understand your full assignment. You'll never understand the, 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 the breadth and the length and the height and the depths of God unless you come to a place to where you're at peace with, you're at peace with God and you're in fellowship with him and you are led by his spirit. For they that are the sons of God, sons and daughters of God, they, are, uh, they have the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God resides within you. The Spirit of God is, is within every son and daughter of God. For if you have not the Spirit, you are none of His. But the sons and daughters of God have the Spirit of God residing on the inside of them. And we're going to read now in uh, the scripture that says, and this, we're going to go back to uh, Psalm 69 and 9. Jesus began to talk about it as it was prophesied. He said, for the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. And the reproaches of them that reproach you are falling upon me. Jesus was talking to God and said, Lord, the desire that I have is, is, is pushing me. It's pushing me toward the cross. It's pushing me as I, I, as I see the scribes and the Pharisees plotting my death. They're plotting my end. They're plotting. They're, they're making plans, Lord. They, 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 I see them, Father. But I know why I was sent. This is why I was born. This is why I lived. This is why I, 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 I performed miracles. So that men could know that God was among them. And when I leave this earth, they will be able to say, surely, as the Roman soldier said, this was and is the Son of God. And then as we go on, as we move on down and, and uh, go back more in this story, in John 2.17, his disciples remember what he said. They remembered what, that Jesus said, the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. For it is, uh, 
And as he began, as he was further and further in his uh, uh, in his ministry, many times he referred back to the Old Testament. Over in Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the good tidings of the meek, and he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. This was his assignment. His assignment. And I say this, I say this again. All of us have an assignment. You have something that God is calling you to do, but you will never Fulfill it to his fullness unless you first know him. Because God doesn't want, he doesn't, he doesn't, he, most of his, his assignment is what he will do through you. It's what God can do through you. It's not what you can do for God. And when his man moving, when his man operating for God, that's called religion. But when it's God moving through man, that's called relationship. That's why Jesus came. Because in the, in the scripture continually over and over and over it, we hear what Jesus says, I come to you. He said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open it, he said, my eye, my father, we'll come and sup it. We'll come and, and, and eat with you. We'll, we'll dine with you. We'll fellowship with you. This is what Christ is looking for, a time and a relationship that he will fellowship with his people. No longer is he looking, uh, uh, are we to go through the priest? We are to go to the, the, the preacher for our prayers. But in the latter days, in this time, God is moving through ordinary people like you and me. Every, every Jane Doe, every Jane Doe saint, every John Doe saint, God is moving through whomever. Jesus said, whosoever will, let him come. Let her come. And I will sup. He will sup with us. He will have relationship with us if we will come and allow him. Allow him to move through us, to speak to us, so that the world will see. He says, so that men will see our, in the, in the book of Matthew, so that men will see your good works and glorify God, which is in heaven. The Matthew 6 chapter. God wants the world to see him, but he can only be seen now. Because Christ is not coming back now to work in the earth, in, in his person. Now he has men and women. On the earth, boys and girls, young and old, black and white, and every color in between, every nationality that's on the face of the earth. Christ came for you. No matter what your condition, no matter where you are, no matter uh, where you find yourself wrapped up in. You can be wrapped up in the arms of a man who doesn't belong to you. Wrapped up, wrapped up in the arms of a woman who doesn't belong to you. You could be in prison. You could be in the hospital. You could be in whatever. You could be in the uh, mental institution. Wherever you are, Christ is there. For he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll go with you. He said, I'll be with you to the end of the world. And one verse, one, one, one verse said, to the, to the end of the age. I'll be with you. I'll be right there with you. He'll walk with you step by step, day by day. Sometimes we find ourselves in things, in, in situations where we look and we say, God, how did I end up here? But Jesus will never leave you. He'll never leave you. In Psalms 89, he said, my covenant will not break, and will I not break, nor alter the thing that comes out of my lips. He said, I won't alter them. If I said I'll never leave you, I will not leave you. 
This was the passion. This was what was driving him. This is why Satan sent the, uh, sent the evil men who came to, uh, to, 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 to trip him up. When he came with hard questions, to, to, uh, uh, when, they, when they took the woman and caught in adultery, and they threw him before him. And they told him. They got her out of the bed with the man, and they snatched the woman out. They didn't give her a time to dress. Probably wrapped her up in a sheet, drug her out the house, and found Jesus and said, here he is. I have no doubt that they set her up. But the, th but the fact of the matter is, they threw her down. And the law did say, if you're caught in adultery, you should be stoned. And they asked Jesus, okay, master, the scripture says stone her. I'm paraphrasing and saying, what say you, Jesus? What are you going to do? Are you going to fulfill the scripture? But they didn't know the love of the scripture and the very scripture itself was Christ. Jesus is the word that John, uh, John, first John said, I mean, St. John, rather, first chapter, verse one. He is the word. And they were addressing the word of God, but they didn't realize, they didn't, they didn't have the revelation of that God's whole, his whole drive for man is to form that relationship and a relationship built on love, built on fellowship, built on a personal time with him. And they asked him, what say you, Jesus? Now what you gonna do? You freed you 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 healed the sick. You've embarrassed us by healing on the Sabbath day. You 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 called us uh, uh, foxes. You called us devils. You spoke out against us. You you criticized us because we wore our robes and prayed out loud and and and, and before the people. Now what you gonna do, Bible man? What you gonna do? And what did Jesus do? He said, he that without sin, let him cast the first stone. He was surrounded by the scribes and Pharisees, uh, uh, the lawyers of their day, the leaders of their day, the religious leaders. And none of them, they, oh, all of them had the rocks. <laughs> the rock, everybody had a rock. It was going to be a rock party that day. But Jesus canceled the, 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 the assassination. They were, they were destroying their character, but they didn't realize their character's on the line too. Everybody there had to admit they had sin in their lives. And Jesus knelt down again. And when he raised up, he asked the woman, where are thine accusers? She said, none, Lord. But Jesus didn't free her for she could go back and do the things that she would do. He said, woman, neither do I. He said, I'm not accusing you. But he told her, go. He said, don't go back to the life that you came for. You are better than that. Today, I've set you free. Go and sin no more. Ephesians 3 chapter says, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you may be rooted and grounded in love, and that you may comprehend with all the saints, what is the breath, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. That's why he had, he demonstrated. See, there's one thing to say. Talk is cheap. All of us have heard people say, I love you. I'm with you. 
I remember my times in pastoring, and, and my wife and I were in Alabama, and people would come, and they would come to church and say, oh, you, you know, Pastor Hubbard, I'm with you. I'm with you, Pastor. I'm with you. I ain't going nowhere. And they'd be the next thing, next thing, no. Where's Brother So-and-so? Where's Sister So-and-so? Oh, they've been gone for two weeks. They're going to the church down the street, or they're at home. Say they ain't coming back. I'm with you, Pastor. I heard you hit. I'm with you, Pastor. I ain't going nowhere. Then they, I call them the hit or miss saints. They, they come one Sunday, gone for the five. They come two Sundays, gone for six months. They come again on, on uh, 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 the special days, time to eat, time of fellowship. They show up to eat. They show up to cook. But you don't see them again. But Ephesians 3 says that Christ dwells in your heart by faith. That you may be rooted and grounded in love. In other words, that you won't be moved. You won't be moved because things aren't going your way. You won't be moved when the accuser comes and says, God ain't help. God's not, God's not nothing. God don't love you. Don't nobody love you. All this came on you because of what you did five years ago. All this happened, you knew, you know you'd had that child before you got married. You know you you got that job and, and you lied on your resume. You know you cheated on your income tax and got, got two thousand more dollars in with you. You know you don't have a grandmama, but you said you you you, you support her. All these things come to mind. The accuser come. None of them, all of them are, are sin. But you know what? The book of Hebrews says uh, in, in the eighth chapter, their sins and their iniquities. I will remember no more. And then he says it again, just to say, just to show that that, that just wasn't a scripture taken out of context. He said, your sins and your iniquities, I will remember no more. We, the church, has the problem with sin. Sin, as far as God's, hand, uh, as God's concern, has been handled. Jesus is the answer for sin. He says, the Holy Spirit will convict you of sin. Why? Because you believe not on me. Not because you cheated on your wife or cheated on your husband. None of those things are right. And they will. There's going to be repercussions when found out. There are going to be repercussions when we cheat on our taxes. There are going to be repercussions when you lie on your job application. There are going to be repercussions you know, when you, when you, when you uh, curse out your boss or, 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 or storm, out, storm out of your house and, 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 and run away from home and, and knowing that you were wrong. Or when you curse out your children and find out that they didn't do what you said they'd do. There are repercussions. But the love of God is there for you. The love of God is there for all of us. Ephesians 3 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye being rooted and grounded in love may comprehend. Comprehend means you may understand with the, all the saints what is the breath. That means the length of all. Oh, it's so wide. He's talking about the breadth of it. The length of it. The depth of it. The height of it. And to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge. He said, you, can, you can't even comprehend how much I love you. That you may be filled with the fullness of God. In the 10th chapter of John, he says, he said, the thief cometh not, but for to steal. The evil one comes, he wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal your, uh, your joy. He comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But he said, but I am come. This is Jesus talking. I am come 
that you might have life. Life. Zoe. Life. Jesus is all about life. It's talking about death. It's not God. If you haven't dreamed and you've seen um, uh, uh, death and destruction and, and things taken from you and sickness and you're hearing voices saying that, 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 that God's against you and he don't love you and you know God's paying you back for what you, that's not God. He said, I come that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. God wants to change you from the inside out. It's an inside job that God wants to do. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. Let him work on the inside. And how does he do it? He do it, does it by the washing of the water of the word. God wants to take his word and wash us day by day, minute by minute. When we read the word, when we concentrate on it, meditate on it rather. And then we get to have an understanding of what God is saying. He says, I am come that you might have life. And have it more abundantly. Hebrews 10. Again, we sort of went in a, in a backwards, uh, in, a, in reverse order today. Hebrews 10 says, when Jesus began to talk about why he came, he says, wherefore when he comes, this is Hebrews 10, 17. Wherefore when he comes into the world, he said, sacrifice and office in God, thou would not. But a body you prepared for me. He says, burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin. You have no pleasure. God said you, there was times when the, in the days of the kings, they killed thousands of bulls and thousands of lambs and goats, thousands of birds. They, they sacrificed blood, just rolled and flowed. The smoke went up because after they sacrificed it, they, they, they burned it. They had a burnt offering. He said, but Jesus said, burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast no pleasure. Why? Because after they did it today, they went back after this. They repented today, but tomorrow they went back to that same lifestyle. But Jesus said, then said I low, said, look, I come and the volume of the book is written on me. He said, the whole Bible is concerning me to do thy will, O God. Then he said, lo, I come to do thy will, O God, for you take away the first, you take away the law. For the law came by Moses, but grace came by Jesus Christ. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified. How? Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Christ came and died once, and he dies no more. He came into the world. So that we would see the passion, the love, and the graciousness of God that he presented to us. And I say to you, why not you? Why not now? Why not you? Why not now? I pray that you get an understanding today of the love of God, what he's went through and what he's doing now. He's calling, and this is, I call it this season. This season, as we approach uh, Easter in a few days, as we come upon another time of, of where we recognize the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that not only just for one day, but we should recognize it every day. But this season now that we approach and we recognize his, his, his time of, of pa his passion and his, and, his, and his boldness as he proclaimed 
under Pilate when they put when they had him on trial. He said, no man takes my life. You can't take my life. I'm laying it down. And if he wouldn't have laid it down, he'd still be on that cross today. Them waiting on him to die. But he knew what his, he knew what he and why he came. He knew why he came and he finished the work. God's got an assignment for you. Only thing he's asked for you to do is to come. I pray today, Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you, Lord, that you've come and you gave your life for us. Now I pray for those who hear this little message here today, Lord God. This time, that uh, this little time, I call it a little time, Lord, that we have together. I pray that they will hear your word. Those who are not saved and those who don't have a relationship with you. I pray that they will pray this prayer, Lord. I come to you. I receive your son as my savior. I recognize him, his death, burial, and resurrection. And now, Lord, I claim you as my king. And Lord, I speak today. Thank you. I'm saved today. I come to you, O God, as now a son or daughter of God. I say to you, welcome to the family. Welcome to the kingdom. Find yourself a Bible. Find yourself a, 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 a Bible app or uh, however you can find a, a scripture and begin to read the New Testament. Reading in the book of uh, Matthew and reading the... Uh, uh, somebody said, why would you start there? Well, that's where Jesus... That's where the grace starts. Grace is all throughout the scripture. It's important that you learn what Christ brought to us. He brought grace. He brought grace to the whole world. And that grace is still present for us if we will receive it. And I also pray not only that you get a Bible, but that you find uh, a church that's Bible preaching and that preaches Christ and him being the hope of glory. And all, not only that, but make, a, make your prayer time. That a time that you would seek the Holy Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. For he said, after you receive, he said, you receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. When you do this, you will see so much open unto you. Thank you for this time today we spent together. And I pray you join us again for Journeys in Grace. Thank you.